you need to explain to us why you're in a closet. Uh, yes, I have. I've just moved into a new home and um, I have carpet installers literally in the next room. And so I didn't right. We, we had in this time we had to get this podcast recorded and the guy has already knocked on the door once and asked me where I wanted the seams. So I expect some kind of interruption during this podcast. So uh, maybe we can just incorporate that in. But yes, yeah, so these lovely carpet installers are out there doing their job. And then I have to go into the heavy lifting and move beds in today. So, so do they know anybody who wants to do help. they know why you're in the closet, though? I don't think so. You couldn't even color coordinate some shit behind you for the no, visual. No, no, the closets got done yesterday, and the and the move from the other house just put everything. So we're not organized yet. So listen, you uh, you take what you can get. The hollow buddy. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to the Hollow Bunny Leadership Podcast. I'm Kristen Zeman, and I'm here with my sassy co-host. You're a little sassy today. It's because you haven't had your full cup of coffee yet. Uh, my sassy co-host, Sylvia Moyer. Mm -hmm. We are former police chiefs, but the Hollow Bunny Podcast is not just for cops. Nope. This podcast is for anyone who's interested in talking about life and leadership and particularly the lessons that we have learned about both. And those lessons fill up the Hollow Bunny, which is a metaphor, right? For substance, the Hollow Word. Bunny. What's about you know, be substantial, be full, be whatever. Substantial substance, if we could use some alliteration there. So, Sylvie, let me tell you who's filling our money today. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. We have we have Amber Mondock Esquire with us today. What? Uh, yeah, Esquire? Amber Esquire. Isn't that that's so sexy? I love it when lawyers put that esq uh, at sure. the end. I paid a lot of money for that esq. Yeah, I, I bet you did. I bet you did. So Amber uh, lives in Naples and Amber is actually my attorney because uh, we were looking for uh, some estate planning uh, when we moved and, you know, get those wills in order. And what, I, uh -huh. yeah, that's what I'm telling people. Yes, she's not a criminal <laughs> lawyer. So please, no one be alarmed. Uh, she's not representing me in that fashion. Um, but so, and then she came highly recommended by a bunch of people in Naples and okay. So I, this is going to sound super ageist, but I'm going to say it anyway, but I was expecting Amber to be like in her seventies. Um, and she's not, <laughs> and she's she, not cause it's Naples. Well, it's if Naples, you are, so. you look fucking great. Amber. Yeah, she's amazing. So let me tell you well, a little you. bit about Amber. She uh, was raised in Pennsylvania and she attended Seton Hill university. Is that the way to say that? Is it Seton? Seton. Yep. Seton. Seton. Okay. All right. See, because I pronounce everything wrong, like Marin, Marin County, all of the things. It's okay. Um, but she's from Pennsylvania. Uh, she's also an athlete. She was a division two athlete and the women's soccer team. Uh, let's just, let's pause on division two. Do you want to, what, what, you want to talk about that? Because Chris gives her a lot of crap about not being division one. So you know, I, I can't help it. I was four and five feet tall. It just doesn't work out for D1. Hey, we're legit. You tell that, you tell that Chris to suck it. Fun size. <laughs> Don't you consider that fun size, Syl? I'd say fun size. And Amber, this fun size thing, you know, the little candy bars you get it, you give out at Halloween and they say fun yeah. size. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And you, you take a little bite and you always want more. Just saying. Boom. Because that that encapsulates it. So she has a bachelor's degree in, in poli-sci, and then she went to Ave Maria Law School here in Naples, which is what I'm guessing prompted you to stay here. Uh, she specializes in uh, real estate law, trust and estate planning, which is what uh, I retained her for, and business law. And But wait, but wait, that's not all. Mean- Naples Illustrated recognized her as an expert in real estate law and trust and estates for their 2023 top lawyers. So she's a baller. You go fun-sized baller lawyer, Esquire. She is <laughs> a baller. Okay, but here's why I wanted to have Amber talk with us. So you know, we became friends after uh, the, the retention of her uh, being my lawyer. And I was talking to my daughter Bailey uh, last week, and she was telling me she's in the military. She's in the United States Air Force as an officer, and she is a badass baller as well. Um, And she was telling me that she is considering not spending a career in the Air Force, and which was originally her plan. And she was saying, you know, do I want to be comfortable or do I want to be happy? And I was like, Poof! and it reminded me of a conversation that I had had with Amber about uh, her starting out in a big law firm. And I'll let Amber talk a little bit about that, but it prompted me to go back to Amber and ask her more about it because, you know, you give up what is familiar and what is comfortable. And Amber started her own law firm at the age of 30 years old. And I thought that was just a, a, a big it was a courageous move. And so I wanted, that's really what I wanted to bring her on to talk about. You know, we talk about leadership and courage and being uncomfortable and falling too much into our comfort. So Amber, first of all, go back up a little further and then we can hit on that. But what, have you always wanted to be a lawyer? What prompted you to go into the profession in the first place? Yeah, so my mom and my aunt both were judicial clerks. So I grew up going to the courthouse and visiting and sitting in the judges' chambers at a young age. And then ironically, I took an aptitude test about second grade and they said I should be an attorney despite my lack of spelling. Uh, So (laughs) I always had that on my mind. And um, once I was kind of transitioning into college, I I had this grand idea that I was going to be a math teacher and my entire family kind of looked at me and scratched their heads and said, why, why the change of course? That just seems too comfortable for you. You've always wanted to do this. Why are you selling yourself short? So um, in the drop of the hat, I changed my, you know, whole course of what I thought I was going to do for my adulthood. And what made you decide to go into the particular law that, that you're, that you're in? Um, it kind of took a little bit of experimenting because most people think of attorneys, you know, you see a court show and you're on TV. Yeah, you're on TV litigating and, uh, you know, in front of a judge. And then I got to know a total different side of that, which I mean, most people don't focus on transactional laws being a cool hip thing in the media. But, um, I, I kind of like the thought process of this is a need that everybody has day to day at some point. You're going to buy or sell a house. Um, 
you know, death and taxes are a, a, a thing of assurance in life. So um, I found it as a different way to help people that was much more fulfilling to me than just arguing with another attorney in court. Okay, so I have a hundred questions. First, I think our listeners sure. want to know. So you're Kristen's attorney, you specialize in real estate, and she's stuck in a closet. <laughs> on a um, so how do you how do you, how do you measure success in your work? <laughs> so that's a great question. I think it's actually well outside of the closet. I have no control over that. Okay. I, you know, yeah. We, Amber we, just we, said that's an excellent question. That was a horrible question. <laughs> I respectfully disagree, Amber Mondock Esquire. That was a terrible question. <laughs> By the way, my my children need to call Amber when I croak because she holds like the vault to you know everything that the kids mm -hmm. are getting. So she's that's it was it, she's also my real estate lawyer now, but you know she started out as my estate lawyer. But okay, so yeah, who's so, to be yeah. shares later? Come on, Amber, spill it. Yeah. So um, <laughs> so where where where? Okay, we're we're back to what is the measure of success, right? And we're gonna disregard the closet that's Kristen sitting in. That's right. Okay. That's just that's not a reflection of my lawyer and Amber's her skills that I'm professional <laughs> sitting in a closet. Okay, so you okay? I love that. So that makes sense to me that you go to law school. Like, but how, how do you measure success, Amber? Because I mean, it's it's one case mm -hmm. at a time, and it's advancing one individual, one transaction, one couple, one estate, something at a time. Like we talk a lot about how do we measure success outputs and outcomes. Mm -hmm. And I really wonder in kind of the metrics of being an attorney. And I also want to find out what the hell's the, the Esquire, where they come from, but that's later. But how do you measure success? So it really is in bite-sized pieces. Okay. Um, Everybody has a common goal. So we'll give the example of a real estate transaction. Everybody's goal is to close. Um, and unfortunately in practice, uh, you know, uh, the nature of an attorney is we're competing. We, we want to win. We want to have the, you know, top argument. And sometimes it's really stepping back and looking at the common goal. Uh, you know, we could take a certain position, but is winning all, is winning that one argument going to get us to the finish line? You know, that actually could just put us two steps back in, in an argument where now we're jeopardizing the whole transaction. So um, it, it, it's really putting pen to paper, making sure we're closing deals one by one, um, which is definitely different because if you're looking at the litigation side of things, I mean, you know, you're talking about, oh, I want a uh, case and our payout was X, Y, and Z. So yeah. it, 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 it's different than looking every, at everything in a monetary nature. Yeah, that's rad. My dear friend, Patty is a real estate attorney. She's been doing it forever. And besides talking about, I don't know, she said estoppel, but all these really cool terms, right? <laughs> so she's really yeah. into the precision of the documents so that people are not harmed and particularly her client. And then then not only mitigating harm, which has a direct connection to policing, to medicine, to everything. It's about the precision in the transaction and the process. And you hit on something I want to kind of tug on real quick. And that is like, you don't want to win this one thing and compromise the whole deal. That has broad application. Mm. 
Retweet. Retweet. When she was talking about that, it made me think about our world when we negotiate, you know, union contracts, you know, with mm -hmm. uh, the union board and how sometimes we get so fixated on winning at all costs or we get so stuck on that one thing. And this is true of corporate America and deals, negotiations, no matter where we are. But I love that, Amber, about, you know, sometimes you just have to pull back and say, OK, what is the what is the best possible outcome? And it might mean, you know, we're giving up a little here and they're giving up. So that is gold. That that's gold, that content. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, a very detail oriented career. Uh, that is everything dotting I's, crossing T's. But um, outside of those fine details, you always have to have the focus on the, the larger picture. Yeah, okay. I, 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 and I mean, the lawyer saying, I'm thinking the dating pool is better than math teacher. I mean, that's. <laughs> Nothing in algebra. But, it's know, funny gosh, because sexy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, ironically, now I need a calculator. I I really dumped that uh, math brain out. Yeah, Sylvia. it's okay though. Sylvia, we use you the have tools that we are given. <laughs> Sylvia, you have managed to offend pickleball players and now math teachers. So we're oh, going to get a bunch of emails. All of our podcasts start with Sylvia's apology for the group of people that she's offended. But anyway, let's put that aside. I also, I also want to say one thing. I also want to say one thing about, about uh, measuring success. And this is from my vantage point as a mm -hmm. client, right? So I, I lost my parents. Sad. I'm not going down that road. I lost my parents. One of them had their estate uh, completely in order and had literally post-it notes, passwords, told me everything. My other parent, my father had nothing in order. And having experienced both of that, that's what prompted me to reach out to Amber and get my affairs in order because that is the gift that you give to survivors. And so I want that care and concern from Amber translated to me as a client. So I just want to throw that out there is if you, I don't know how you measure success, but I can tell you from the client perspective, I measure success walking out of your office, knowing that, you know, my kids aren't going to have to go through all of that red tape uh, for them to get, you know, what, what they deserve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, what, what comes up for me is I was just in San Diego for the week and with executives and doing this executive development course, and then in a meeting with seconds in command across California. And we were talking about this whole thing regarding doxing. And one of the things that, that we don't pay attention to it until it happens to us, right? And so one of the mm -hmm. things we were talking about is what are some of the protections for public officials related to doxing? There are First Amendment protections related to how people express, but there are things that cross the line. And one of the attorneys said that a protective measure is to call a uh, or seek putting all your stuff in a trust. And I thought, huh, I might know somebody I'm going to be talking to in the next 24 hours that can kind of guide on that. There are a lot of public officials that are seeking to put their, their property, their stuff, their being into a trust. Mm -hmm. What do you say to people that are kind of considering that? I mean, we're not asking for free legal advice because you're way more interesting than that, but why not give us a brief kind of, what would you say about that? Your highest point on that? Yeah. So it, a lot of it depends on state law. So people think a trust gives you all these added protections from third parties or, you know, people coming in to seize your assets. 
So for instance, in Florida, depending on the type of trust, the most common trust is just for purely probate avoidance. So keeping oh. upon your passive, passing, keeping assets out of the, uh, you know, court judicial determination to keep things moving quickly without fees. There's different types of trust. Um, you can put in an irrevocable trust for certain protections, um, but depending on the state laws, for instance, I can't put my money in an irrevocable trust and then be able to touch that. Uh, we don't recognize self-settled trust. So um, normally if you're, you're looking to give the third party protections, you actually have to give up some level con of control, meaning you put that money in a trust, but now only your children can touch it. God, I think it's so cool that Kristen, that you and Chris not only met Amber, but that you saw, you had an experience it was uncomfortable, it was difficult, it was costly, it was agonizing, and you freaking did something about it. Yeah, also, um, Amber, if you if that was billable, please bill that to Sylvia and not the podcast, because please don't oh. I didn't ask that question. Um, so How your long? invoice should go directly to Sylvia Moyer. I'll give you her address. Um, okay. Because, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah our, our advertisers are not going to be happy uh, if you bill the Apollo Bunny podcast. That, that's so, true. Yeah. We have a lot of sponsors. So, so yeah, you know, there are, there are provisions, right, in a trust. Like, I want mm -hmm. to do one and leave one dime to my ex and say, look, this is like <laughs> the, last, the last dime you get from me for sucking it. That's actually worse. Don't do that. Why? Because then you make them an interested party in uh, the whole deal. So now they're oh. part of the whole estate settlement. So don't do that. Don't oh, do that. Amber, you just diminished my rage and anger. And Ooh. saved you. Mm. And saved you to make that individual not an interested party so, so they can have access to your assets so she just saved your butt so uh, add another legal. add another dollar sign to that invoice amber Solid legal I, I didn't know this would be so lucrative for me today <laughs> <laughs> totally okay so amber what you are you have your own firm and you are so young again young as it compared to the naples demographics but um what made you decide to leave that comfort let's talk about that and go into that uncertainty and you know honestly i mean that uncharted territory of terror to start your your own firm what what happened to make that starting my own firm was nothing i ever saw coming let's just put it that way um i was at the firm you know i started with right when i got my uh bar license and worked my whole way up to partner. And um, it, it was kind of the overall environment. So work-life balance, you know, I'd leave work at X amount of time, eat dinner, stay up all night, turning fouls and getting stuff done. Um, it was not great on a personal level. So, I mean, obviously getting a title, uh, you know, making money is great but is it actually bringing you happiness on the day-to-day -day level and more the, the, the ironic day that uh the straw that breaks the camel's back it was a work anniversary party um and it was my work anniversary and i found myself i was the only one working during my own party um and then i went to go get lunch 
there was no food left. And I sat there in like a fit of rage <laughs> for for a while. And then I, I ended up, I, I walked into, um, you know, my boss's office at the end of the day and I, I was e expressing things and I actually never told anybody this. I, I'm expressing my thoughts and I, I didn't quit. And he looked at me and goes, are you, are you quitting? And I said, you know what? I, I think, I think I am. I think I am. So it was, uh, weird that I kind of got there. Um, and then I said, well, what am I thinking? What am I going to do? I didn't even like plan ahead. Uh, like I don't have another job. Am I going to start my own office? I said, I'd never want to do that. And then, um, my, my wife had been encouraging me to, you know, step back. Is this where you want to be? And that's where, um, I said, well, if I'm going to start the firm, I, I guess now's a better time than ever because, uh, well, I didn't plan for any of this. <laughs> okay so what i'm hearing is they had a party for your work anniversary you worked your ass off you got no food nobody took care of you you <laughs> went in there threw your sucker in the dirt grabbed your shit stomped off the playground uh and then went home and said so um see what happened was and you had to tell your wife that you were out you're yeah, I, she, I think she really thought it was a joke and I didn't do it. And then I came home and I'm like, no, like when the glasses come off, we know this is serious. And I'm like, no, I, I really quit my job today. Like, no, not this is not a, you know, trial run. Like, it's, yeah. it's a live issue. <laughs> okay, so this live issue, then, then you set out on a plan. And most people think, okay, you got a firm, you start a firm, you do... Uh, you know, you've got to have a plan, right? You have a transferable skill. We've talked about this. Uh, policing's precarious, right? Life is precarious. Some condition could give rise to you falling off the mountain, right? This kind of first mountain of success and getting the degree and the success and all this stuff. You have this thing that occurs, the universe conspires. You say, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. You claim your freaking life with this transportable skill that you have in the law and you just say, I'm going out on my own. So how do you actually take steps in furtherance of that? Um, I think I had to take a moment to recenter myself. Yeah. Um, right. So you have to take that moment to breathe and say, okay, what, what are my next steps? Is this something that I really want to do? which is difficult because there's very little time to actually assess where you're at. Um, it, it was kind of a, okay, decision, uh, take 10 minutes and then boom, hit the ground running again, um, which is definitely scary. Um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of like a live problem solving. So, and there's a couple of things there that I think are so important to point out about our lives. And it's, you mentioned it still about that first mountain, climbing the first mountain of success and ambition and, you know, financial gain and all of the things that, you know, that we pursue and that make us comfortable, but you have to stop in the middle of it and ask yourself, am I happy? Is this, mm -hmm. is this fulfilling, you know, my life? Is it contributing positively to my relationships? And, you know, what I had heard from Amber earlier is no, it wasn't. 
wasn't, you know, and her personal life, it was, you know, constrained because of it. And then the other point here, and you know, that we talk about, you know, work-life balance, which sometimes, you know, I always push back at that because it's, it's not really work life. It's just life, you know, and I'm also terrible at that work life balance. I mean, when I'm, when I'm doing a great job in my personal life, I'm, you know, probably failing somewhere in, in my business life. But, but what I also wanted to say was when we tell people, it, people always ask us what is also a great ingredient to success. And it's, I think the best business decision we can make in our lives is our partner that we choose, our romantic partner, someone to encourage us. And that's also what happened too, is, you know, she had her wife saying, okay, all right, it, it, regroup with you. And she's the one, uh, you know, from what you've told me is encouraged, encouraged you to, all right, let's do this. You quit, let's start your, you know, your own firm. And so whether that be a partner or your personal board of directors, but having a group of support, um, a system surrounding you, you know, to tell you, you can do this and I've got your back. So, so, so much substance there for the bunny to fill that bunny. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it, I, I think that's a good point because you might not always have the right answers at any given moment, but that's why we surround ourselves with good people and, you know, the, the supporting figures that we have, because at, not we're not always at our best and when we're not uh you know that that's where you're supposed to pick somebody else up um so ironically sally had the vision before i even saw it i just needed to uh kind of put the pieces in motion to get there and i I didn't even necessarily realize it Mm -hmm. that's rad that's so rad so yeah, I want to kind of switch just a smidge to take us into this kind of prep for the work that you're doing. Um, one is, okay, so you played kicky ball, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you soccer players or something. Kicky ball. Were you, a, uh, were you a forward, a mid, center, something or other? I actually logged every position, including goalie. Uh, it, it was kind of crazy, but primarily forward because I hate running. I really chose the wrong sport. <laughs> <laughs> I hate running, but I went to the Olympics in soccer. Okay. So, okay. so how, how does that prepare you? I mean, really, I talk about this a lot and I kind of, I seem to somehow favor folks that are in these team sports where, where it's about something bigger than yourself. It's about the distinguishing characteristic between being hurt and being injured because it's about the team. There's individual components that we have to commit to things we have to commit to as individuals, but then it's the collective, it's the team. How to prepare you for this thing that you're doing this, you know, this lawyer thing, this life, this leadership thing. Yeah. I, I think that there's always the message that, teach you life lessons, whether that's working together with others. Um, you know, somebody might have an injury and they might try to be played. So you have to work a little harder that day to get the whole team back on the same balance. Um, and it's also coaching. Uh, you know, you have to figure out uh, your, your players. So as far as figuring out your staff and what their strengths are, how to pull, um, you know, the best work effort out of certain individuals um and and there's the whole challenge i mean it's live problem solving 
Um, it's figuring out, you know, you're, you're playing a sport, but you're juggling your academic schedule along with that. So you have to be organized. You have to have endurance. Um, so it, it, it's live depending on, you know, any, any time of the day, which is really what kind of the, the firm is too. I mean, sure. we're, we're a team. Um, and I even bring that up sometimes when I'm talking to clients, um, you know, who you're not going to put a center. If, if you're building a football team, let's say, or we'll go back to soccer, you're not going to put a, a forward who can't catch a ball in the goal. We want to pick our best players for the right spots and the right reasons. Or if they're not equipped, then we need to figure out mechanisms or training to teach people to do that. What, what a fantastic, uh, oh, <laughs> dimmer down with sporty ball, hold your head. So I, I happen to have someone super special to me who's a, who was the captain of a D2 women's soccer team who won the national championship in Florida on PKs, by the way. Apparently oh, that's, wow. that's pretty something. And you say PKs and you say nil instead of zero and other cool shit. Yeah, um, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. So, so. I want to put a pin in this and I want to talk about endurance. I talk about this a lot in terms of the leadership necessity to have endurance, intellectual, physical, spiritual, emotional endurance. Talk to us about that as a leader. So I like how many words you just led up to that because <laughs> endurance isn't one thing, right? Everybody what? thinks endurance is just being able to, to run. No, it's also getting over the mental hurdle of, okay, my foot hurts, but I'm going to keep going. So um, it, I don't want to go back to work-life balance though, but all, all these things we're talking about are so holistic. And instead of thinking about things, um, you know, singular, we need to think about them uh, plural, um, as, as you mentioned. But um, endurance is a hard thing to measure i think as well yeah. um it, it it tends to be uh more personal uh, and i think we need to look at things um you know you're 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 your number one advocate you're your number one coach you're the number one person holding yourself uh accountable um and at, in a leadership though then you have to Put yourself first, get yourself in the best position to succeed, but then translate that down through your team mm. uh, as well. Right? Pause. Pause right there. Pause right there because that is what some people fail uh, to practice is that self-care, that self-care about uh, building your own endurance because you are no good for your team if you're cashed out. That is, it. I just want to emphasize that for all of our listeners who continually put everyone else before them, their jobs, their families, their significant other. And if you don't take that time, then you are no good for your firm. You're no good for your police department or your family. So and this, yeah, I don't think that we've ever unwrapped the term endurance before in such um, an in-depth way, because you're right. We think about it as, you know, longevity, but endurance is sometimes small spurts of like, I've just got to move that ball down the field. Please note that I am now using more sporty ball metaphors. Thanks to Amber. 
when she said camera is off. Yeah. So, so Sylvia and Ted did not believe me when, because they know my disdain for sporty ball and they did not believe me that I was, that I've been converted into a sporty ball fan because of Amber. And so you now have the way that she has described running her firm leadership team endurance. Now you understand how, how you bring me into the fold. And now I am a sporty ball fan. Thank you. It's the outfits in the swipe for you. Don't make it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Chiefs fan and Amber's a Steelers fan. So, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. We have to coexist. Yeah. I was also set up today. If you know, I am in Chiefs colors. Uh, my wife picked my outfit and that is not my team. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ted and I are Bears fans. So you know, Kristen just goes with whomever. So don't be surprised if Taylor Swift start, starts dating someone on another team and then Kristen bails <laughs> on the Chiefs and then all of a sudden she's like, oh my God, the Dolphins are so super. <laughs> uh, she did mention she likes the Dolphins colors, so... I do. I was vacillating be when picking my team. I was actually vacillating between the Dolphins and uh, the Bears are always going to be my team because it's just my hometown. But I was vacillating, and then I decided to pick the Chiefs, and it was well before Taylor Swift. I will have you know. Good to know, so. Amber. Here, I'm going to drop a little nugget on you. My brother was born in Pennsylvania. I lived in Pennsylvania for like a year and a half as a little oh, human. Really? Yeah, you know. But I don't know Steelers, uh, Pirates. Mm, mm. Penguins, I don't know, can't do it. Anyway, so I gotta ask, um, I gotta tell you, the past couple days, I wanna pull on this endurance thing so our listeners are really um, tuned in and probably riveted at this point to figure this thing out. And Kristen said something about leaders caring for self so we can be of greater service to others. My mom used to say, look, there's two ways to talk about being selfish. One is to do for yourself at the deprivation of others. We don't like people like that. The other in this leadership hollow bunny, fill your bunny with this little delicious treat is she also said to do for self so you can be of greater service to others. And there is a real permission there to invest in yourself so that you can be of greater service to others. And this came to light in the past couple of days. The Los Angeles Sheriff's Department had four of their deputies commit suicide within a 24 hour span. Four deputies in 24 hours a horrific tragedy for the individuals and their families and Kristen and i understand the leadership toll that that takes then i went right from that to examining the riverside county sheriff's office in california on december 27th 2022 had one of their deputies shot and killed in a traffic stop then 15 days later they lost another deputy shot and killed while he was trying to help someone in a custody thing. Uh, and this just put a finer point on not only the rigors of the work, but the preparation. And my dad used to say, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And that really kind of is, is a call to action for us to get ourselves prepared for the difficulty of leading through these kinds of events and the acute chronic cumulative toxicity and stress of policing is shared in other, in other um, professions. And so when you are, this is directly related to what you do, Amber, you deal with people in times of excruciating difficulty. And so how do you ready 
that what is seemingly this intellectual, amazing intellectual giant that you are, an amazing human, how do you ready your soul for that kind of anguish and difficulty? Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know how many people know this, but uh, attorney, our profession is actually one of the known worst for suicide and substance abuse um, because of the stress the profession puts on us. Um, it, it, it's tough. I, I feel like the biggest thing I do to be successful and be able to help people, it, it's really something as simple as listening. It, it's listening and absorbing where your clients are at, what they're feeling, but you also have to listen to yourself and know where you're at too. So it, it's reading the temperature of the room, um, per personally, and as you're trying to give people advice in their worst times, because um, I, I've seen other attorneys where they look at everything as a it, it's a case, it's a transaction, it's it's open. You know, you know, you open your file, you do what you need to do, and you shut it. But you really are doing a disservice if you're not having that connection. Um, because you have to realize people are coming to you in their times of need. I mean, it might be a happy need like purchasing a new house, or it might be a sad need of where, hey, my spouse has been diagnosed with cancer. How do we how do we even begin to navigate these waters? Yeah. Mm. Think about what just overlaid that, especially in policing, when we talk, you know, to officers about, you know, you, sh you can show up uh, for a burglary call and it might be your eighth of the day. But to that person, you know, they've just been violated. Someone has broken into their home. And the same with, you know, Amber's description. It's, you know, we're not just files. You know, we are real people, you know, behind that. And every profession, you know, really needs to remember that because so many times it's just about transactional. You use that word. And that was a great word. So, um, Listen, we've we've got. I could talk to you for days on end. Don't it, it's it's almost over. I'm afraid. I'm afraid we're going to have to let Amber go because she's got lawyery stuff to do. Um, but Amber, so finally, you know, you know that this podcast is about um, filling our bunnies, and that is the metaphor for uh, how we view leadership and people, and filling people with substance and helping each other fill our bunnies. So, what are the things? Just a couple takeaways, you know, that you would say fills your bunny, um, you know, and um, keeps it from being hollow and uh, from being that solid chocolate bunny, you know, what are just a few things that you can leave with our millions of listeners? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I came into the profession because I wanted to help people um, in their day-to-day -day lives, but it's really just, it's not just helping people. It's actually creating a relationship with those who you're helping. Um, it, it needs to be something deeper than that to actually give your work meaning otherwise you know you're just clocking in clocking out day to day um other than that i expressed earlier today that i would really like to cuddle a pizza tonight <laughs> i i like my downtime i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i the profession uh logs a lot of hours and sometimes it's uh that nothingness and reinvesting in yourself is uh great and that and that keeps everybody like we said we need to be our best to uh help others and be successful in, in what we do so that's 
Awesome. Hey, next time you're on, I want to know um, what it's like to hang out with different generations of people, you know, like your elders, you know, they become friends. And I want to hear who's your favorite lawyer, what's your favorite case law. I, I mean, I've got hundreds and hundreds of questions, but I have to say before Kristen does her thing, Amber, you have really shined a light on a bunch of things for folks to consider. And it has been a delight to meet you and to expose your brilliance to this world and our millions oh. of people. There's no doubt Oprah's going to call. She's going to no call doubt. you. There is no doubt. Yes. Well, I I personally have uh, benefited from Amber, not just professionally. That's where it began. But um, I am so honored to call you a friend. Uh, it has evolved into that. And uh, and you truly are a bright light. And I admire you and respect you. And thank you so much for coming on our little podcast. We appreciate you. And so with that, uh, we want all of you to know that Ted Madden produces this podcast and the song that you are about to hear was written and performed exclusively for the Hollow Bunny podcast by my handsome and talented son, Jacob Zeman and his accomplished friends. If you like the podcast, please punch that subscribe button. We are Do noticing it. that people are listening to the podcast, but they, they're forgetting to punch the button. So subscribe, like it, review, tell everyone you know about it. And if you don't like it, then move along. There's nothing more to see here. Everyone keep oh. filling your own bunnies with substance and continue to add substance to others. Bye everybody. Bye everyone. Thank you, ladies. What do you find? Are you content to fall behind when you lose your way and you've lost your why have courage and get ready to fight the hollow buddy? When the way ahead is covered in smoke and you're tired and scared and you're losing hope, you'll open your heart and your eyes and see a challenge and a question. Why not me? To fight the hollow buddy And we all feel hollow sometimes But the lobsters are only in your mind It's a tough pill to swallow But if you're brave and kind You'll be alright If And I know I'm gonna fall, but I'll pick it up and come back stronger, failing forward and moving under, doing the hard thing and the right thing forever, fighting the hollow bunny. And we all feel hollow sometimes, but the monsters are only.
outside but empty within Something's gonna crack, you've gotta start again And we all tough on the outside but empty within Something's gonna crack, you've gotta start again The hollow dust on the outside but empty within